no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> This is episode 44 of the 40 Yard Switch. As always, I am your host, Jasper Woody Woodson, and we're in very different surroundings today as we are coming at to you live from the 26th floor of Deloitte, Australia, Melbourne headquarters, which means that my co-host must be the ever-illustrious Max Rezik. How are you, my friend? Thanks, Jasper. Uh, very well, very well. Thinking 43 episodes, that's impressive in itself but did you guys do anything special for episode 40 no we didn't we're waiting for episode 50 50 but 40 for you know 40 yard switch it's got True. a better we ring to it we didn't actually think of that when, i think that was when we were doing our zoo, still doing zoom stuff in england so oh, that makes more sense. Too special but uh, yes uh Rezik's joining us as wilbur has uh, just got a very busy week this week so we can't quite make it i'm coming for your spot willie but yes, you hear that, uh, who knows, he may, he may be out of a job after this week. And look, let's be honest, I've got a bone to pick with uh, Wilbur. He, he left a brother on scene when I was trying to help him buy a suit um, for his work function tonight. So man's rocking up to a, a black tie work event, probably wearing Vans and a Blink-182 t-shirt. <laughs> so no, I think... Uh, I can confirm he's tried the suit on in front of me and it does look very good. Oh, good, good. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say he's going to have a lot more time for this podcast once he... Uh, Gets five for dressing like a madman, <laughs> but uh, yeah, all good then. Yeah, good yeah. luck, Wilbur. We shout out Wilbur to uh, <laughs> attending his first corporate event for his uh, very nice you job. Sell out, <laughs> coming from the sellout supreme himself. But yes, um, the international break is over. We're actually going. Me and uh, we'll be with a, another special guest next week. and going to talk more about uh, World Cup qualifying, who's in and who's out mm. next week. But this week we're talking about the return of club football, more specifically the return of the Champions League and Europa League. Uh, the quarterfinals start next week on Wednesday, Australian time, uh, and then Thursday and then Friday for the Europa League. Uh, of course, there's a conference league as well, but who cares about that? <laughs> I couldn't even tell you who's in the conference league. Leicester, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, oh, and Roma. But, yeah. Wait, were Tottenham in it? They got knocked out. Oh, Joke. regrets. <laughs> in a spliff. <laughs> in a spliff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're just going to go through each tie, uh, give you our thoughts, give you a little form rundown, uh, and then eventually, uh, for the Champions League games at least, we're going to pick uh, a score result for the first leg. We'll see how we go for the Europa League. Results. Obviously, we, we, we know less about the Europa League as uh, the slightly more uh, obscure teams, but the, t- the two ties that have Premier League teams in them, we'll, we'll, we'll have a Definitely. fair bit of a crack out. But anyway, uh, Rezik, do you want to get us underway with Manchester City versus Atletico Madrid? Yeah, first leg in Manchester. So form-wise, Man City won round of 16 against Sporting. First leg was 5-0, then 0-0. Uh, they finished first in their group ahead of PSG, Leipzig and Bruges, which is pretty impressive. Currently top of the EPL in front of Liverpool and are likely to somehow bottle it, if you ask me. Mm, Uh, I would be inclined to agree. Yeah, and Atletico, they came off their triumphant round of 16 victory against Man U, which ended in their 1-0 win at Old Trafford. So they went in 1-1 on aggregate, which is great. Finished second in their league uh, group B behind, uh, I think it was Liverpool. And they're currently tied third in La Liga with Barcelona, actually, and behind Sevilla and Real Madrid. And shout out to Ivan Rakitic out at Sevilla. Incredible <laughs> that they're third. Yeah. Uh, and apparently the f- this will be the first game that they have their entire squad together oh, this go. entire season. Oh, really? Yeah. 
don't know if that'll make much of a difference in the result. Yeah, but, uh, well, I was going to say, yeah, obviously uh, City, despite drawing one uh, nil all in the second leg, comfortably beating Sporting. Yeah. And while Atletico can be tough to break down, as you've just said, they have their first squad avail- first full squad available since the start of the season. They were pretty average against a pretty average United team. Weren't overly convincing. To be honest, at times in the second leg, played more like a Burnley or a Stoke. Mm. Just like every time they'd win the ball, they wouldn't even try and counter-attack. They'd just punt it to the halfway line and start again. Um, They will face a much more coherent, much more fluid, much more well-drilled attacking unit in Manchester City. Uh, And to be honest, the, the open and shut of it is I don't think I've seen enough from them to warrant them really coming out of this tie with a win. Um, yeah, Manchester City. In my, in, my, in my opinion, Manchester City and Liverpool are the two best teams in Europe at the moment. So it'd be hard-pressed to find them. Atletico upsetting this one. So after this current international break, City play Atletico and then Liverpool twice across three different competitions in 11 days. Yeah. That is brutal. So Atletico twice and Liverpool twice, right? Yeah. 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 Nah. Uh, and look, recent look. I'll, I'll sort of counter some of that by saying some of those recent performances by Man City have been pretty shaky. Like they did beat Southampton, I think it was four one in the FA Cup. But I remember a lot of the commentary was that for about twenty or thirty minutes they were in fact the second best team. Mm. They recently drew to Crystal Palace, and before that, you know, a while back they lost to Spurs, well, which they is they did yuck. Lose to Spurs, yep. Um, and look, I can really see this going both ways. And, and what I mean by that is either a I can see them bottling the Champions League and the league, or they could easily win both. Mm. And but to be fair, as coming off double Premier League winners, like yeah. back-to-back, uh, I would see Pep prioritising the Champions League heavily. Mm. Like if he's got a tie coming up, maybe not in the quarterfinals, but if they, if they, probably if and when, I don't want to jinx them, but if and when they beat Atletico and they progress to the latter stages of the semifinals, and they've got a tougher tie and they may have to rest a few players against you know, a, a tougher Premier League opponent, I can see him doing that because Pep's won four, three, no, but Pep's won three, maybe four titles with City already. He doesn't really need to win another one, but he hasn't won a Champions League since he was at Barcelona. He wants that for sure. So what do you, what do you think about this? And this is probably a pretty good segue to have a bit of a discussion around Man City, but is it enough for them to say win the Champions League and lose to Liverpool in the EPL? And, and it sort of is this discussion or what I'm trying to get into here is, is it fair the expectations we put on Man City from this club's perspective regarding finances, players? Like I see them, if they win the league but not the Champions League, it's a I think we'll say it's a failure. Yeah. Whereas if Liverpool win one but not the other we'd call it, I think, a successful yeah, season. Yeah, but all you've got to do is look at net spend, though. Like, yeah. you know, Liverpool's net spend is something like three to $400 million in the past 15 yeah. years. The Man City's is over a billion, dollar, billion dollars. Like, like, that in itself, just the way the clubs conduct their finances and the way the clubs conduct their transfer business, Liverpool, are, the, the, the squad that Liverpool have made is nowhere near, the, the, on paper, monetarily-wise, mm. as uh, strong as um, cities, but... The way they're coached and the way they play, they they play like they, like their whole team is elevated in the eyes of the public because they seem so deep. They seem to put out a B team against someone and still get get a result. So yeah, I, I, but like that's the same thing. If they lose the league and they win the Champions League, City, then I don't. I think City fans see that as as a perfectly good season because, like I said, they've just won they've just won two yeah. leagues in a row. So like I if 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 Liverpool win the Premier League but lose the Champions League to City, for example, if it's a City-Liverpool final, I think that's both teams would probably see that as a, as a pretty successful season. 
Yeah, and look, I tend to agree. And I think it's more this yeah, idea of expectations. And when I sort of downplay the expectations on City, I, I try and counter that by saying they've got a B team that could probably compete in this quarterfinal. Oh, absolutely. Like, Liverpool do not have that. Liverpool, Liverpool almost have that, but not quite to the same degree. Yeah, no. If they play Jota more in the second unit, yeah, yeah I'd say they do. But Liv- now Liv- that Liv- Chelsea and City are probably the deepest teams like when, they're, when yeah. they're fully fit, but Liverpool's not far behind. Not far behind. Um, going on to, I guess, irrespective... But I don't think Liverpool could play a B team in the quarterfinal and win. No, no, definitely not. Um, look, irrespective of that, I see City actually winning this game 2-0 hoping they've done some reflecting over the uh, international break and some poor performances. Uh, and Atletico maintains what's been a pretty shaky defense. Uh, but I think if, that, if, if Man City somehow lose or draw this game at the Etihad, I see, I'd say it's over for City. I don't see them going to Spain and bringing it back if they lose this game. That's, uh, that, that, that's a fair point, but I, I see them winning the, the home leg as well. I also think... Riyad Mahrez has just been knocked out of World Cup contention. He's going to come back. It's going to be hot. Ready to go. Uh, and like, yeah, uh, they're going to be firing on all cylinders. Also, like I said, from what I saw from Atletico against Manchester United, a better team would have put them away. Um, I like the 2-0 pick. Uh, I'm going to go just because City are somewhat... The only, only way City have conceded goals this season is on the counter and they are somewhat susceptible. I'm going to go 3-1 to City. I think City will score goals for fun, but they might, Atletico might initially nab one. Or yeah. if, or, my, or like one City are ahead, Atletico might nab one. But yeah, I'm just, I, I think Atletico, Atletico are good to score, good enough to score a goal, but City will put a commanding, will get, have a commanding first half of the tie lead in this one. So next, uh, we move on to probably the, mo- the, the biggest foregone conclusion uh, of... In you my never opinion, know. Dreams <laughs> are made. <laughs> ...of this uh, quarterfinal Champions League, which is Benfica against Liverpool. Uh, Benfica surprisingly upset Ajax uh, across two different legs. Mm. Um, I, th- I had Ajax winning that pretty comfortably. Turns out uh, Benfica nabbed it 3-2 in the end. And Liverpool, despite losing away, uh, losing at Anfield for the first time in Virgil Van Dijk's Liverpool career, that's incredible, uh, which is nuts. Um, <laughs> against Inter, they like that. That was a game that like the score line did not reflect mm. the uh, final result. I think Liverpool hit the post three times, had a, a goal line, had a goal like uh, cleared off the line. On any other day, Liverpool win that two or three one. Uh, and then yeah, they are also rolling at the moment. I, I know it'll be better form than City are. With haven't really had. They've had a couple of shaky performances, but have been picking up three points every, every game in the league. Uh, the only issue for Liverpool is that Trent Alexander-Arnold will be will be, will miss this game. So he's not playing injury. Yeah, yeah I anyway. couldn't find he, anything he about won't that. Play. No. Interesting. Naby Keita is a maybe, but then again, he probably wouldn't start anyway. But yeah, Trent. No Trent for this game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they play Joe Gomez or James Milner there. Um, so yeah, if 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 Benfica were going to exploit any area, it would be that area, and also in off uh, going forward, that also is ham, hamstring ham. It makes Liverpool, what's the word hamstrung. It makes Liverpool hamstrung somewhat. Um, so yeah, uh, there there is a slight issue there for them, but I still think Liverpool are overwhelmingly the, the the better team in this tie. Yeah, and look, I think it's great for Benfica for making it this far. And, you know, they finished second in Group E to Bayern with two wins, two draws and two losses and actually knocked Barca out. Barca out, yeah. Right, for finishing third. And I was looking at Benfica standing in the leagues and they're third at the moment behind Sporting and Porto and they finished third last season. So they're maintaining this run 
while essentially still keeping league form, which I always think is like impressive for these small. Benfica teams. are doing aren't doing as well as they used to though, because Benfica used to be oh, yeah. up there winning titles in the Portuguese league, but like have dropped off to Sporting somewhat in the past few years. Yeah, I think Sporting or Lisbon have won it. Either one of those teams have won it the last two or three. Sporting seasons. won it last year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, and reports out of Benfica's camp that Grimaldo has been uh, putting in extra hours on the training pitch in preparation for his uh, key matchup against the Egyptian Messi. Oh yeah, Mo Salah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staying after training. Well, yeah, Benfica's attacking players and whoever's coming down the Benfica left will definitely be eyeing that matchup because not that Trent's an amazing defender, but just Joe Gomez or James Milner uh, will is obviously a downgrade uh, at that position than Trent. And also, just uh, the Benfica um, as a whole team will know the uh, like Trent less so defensively, but even more so offensively. The hole he will leave in that team uh, as essentially a, a playmaker yeah. down the right flank. So there, there is scope to see Benfica at least you know scoring some goals in this tie for sure, mm. uh, and potentially holding frustrating Liverpool. But I just think with how and also, speaking, like I said about Mo Salah, like I said about uh, Riyad Mahrez being fired up after getting knocked out of the World Cup, Mo Salah, by the same token, has recently been knocked out of World Cup contention. So again, he will be ready, ready to go. Um, so yeah, I, I still like, I still see Liverpool winning this. It is crazy to think that Salah, like I haven't watched many Liverpool games this year, but he is a top three goal scorer in the Champions League and he's number one in the EPL by like a country mile. Oh, yeah. Like it is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's, it's and not, I think not. the only way to stop him is to have two guys on him or play like five at the back or have a 4-4-2 where the left midfielder is playing back. Essentially, I yeah. just don't think Benfica go up against a player like If Benfica want to score goals against Liverpool, yeah. and they're going to have to leave gaps and yeah, like like you said, they've got Luis Diaz, who's looking in red-hot form, scored a crazy goal for Colombia a couple of days ago. Yeah, um, saw that. Diogo Jota scoring for Portugal, scoring for Liverpool. Uh, Firmino came back from injury recently. Mane, Salah, like... That's why I think, despite Trent being out, Liverpool should still win this game. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to go 2-1, though. Interesting. I am going to go 3-1. Just because it's Benfica's home leg, I'm going to. Yeah, I think 3-1 just because I see Mo putting away two and I'll let one other person score. Yeah, okay. Um, But they've got uh, Benfica have a striker called Nunes, um, who I think is top. Yeah, he's number one goal scorer in the Portuguese Linked to Arsenal. Yeah, linked to Arsenal. And also... 22-year-old striker, and our listeners may remember that I scouted Alexander Isak on this podcast a while back. The hype's somewhat died around him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it recently. has after his uh, World Cup run. Mm. Uh, but I think uh, Nunes is definitely poised for a move. He's 22 and he's banging him away like that. I mean, I'll take um, him at Arsenal if he's there. But it's, it's hilarious. I, I, I kind of love when you get the opportunity to look at these teams like Benfica because they've got so much talent that in their day would have been playing for Liverpool. Oh, if you look at the, like, like just like Southampton, like when you look at yeah. like, like teams if they didn't sell anyone, like yeah, yeah. they're nuts. They have had so many good players. Otamendi, Vertonghen, Tarapt yeah. from, uh, what was it? QPR Adel, Adel Rangers. Tarapt, yeah, Streets will Never Forget. Yeah, yeah. Like all these players where Double you're like, you know, they're pushing up late 30s Ramirez. and here they are still playing. Fabio Contral. Like, yeah, nuts. Um, interesting to say that if uh, Jota and Mane get yellow cards, they'll miss the next leg. Oh, will they? Yeah, so pretty big for them. Interesting. Losing can, either I, of those. I can, I can see Klopp not playing one of them, or not starting one mm. of them then, if that's the case. But so if, if they get a yellow card in this game, does that mean they miss the second leg? But if they, if any of the players get a yellow card 
in the second leg. They'll miss the semi. They'll miss the, miss f- the semi. first leg semi. Yeah. That's so. Uh, why? Why bother? I, I just think that's such a stupid rule when you get. I think it resets the after the quarterfinal. I think it resets after the semi. So like you can't ha- you can't miss the final with the yellow card. So it's only for that fixture. It's of only for the semi. Away. You miss it. Yeah. But that's interesting though. Um, it, it, it'll depend on how the game goes. But I see. I see. Uh, Klopp not starting both of them, and then if they're up by two goals or so, probably taking the one that's risking it off for the other one. Who would you take off? If I started Mane, I'd take him off. Yeah, um, I'd probably see them starting the traditional Mane seller for me. When, when Jota came over and he was like a super sub, when why did they? Who did they replace him with in their starting eleven? Because now he seems to be starting most games. They didn't replace him with anyone. They just sort of like rotate. They just, they, Klopp just had more rotational options. So yeah, right. instead of just relying, because like for, t- for two years, he was basically relying on uh, Mane, Firmino, Salah. Yeah, up front. And now he's got Diaz. Now he's got Jota. He can just play around with it. Yeah. And like, he's, it's, it's just a... What a luxury. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, we, but yes, moving on. Rezik, take it away. Should Chelsea we go Chelsea and Madrid. Uh, Madrid? At Stamford Bridge. Uh, yeah, so Madrid-wise, obviously beat uh, the infamous PSG pretty comfortably 3-1 at home recently um, with Benzema scoring a hat-trick, I think. Uh, so that was incredible. God, he seems to be aging pretty well. Um, and they finished first in Group D in front of Inter. Inter- interestingly, we put uh, a couple of episodes ago, me, Wilburin, guest, ho- guest host Yannick ranked four strikers of the 2010s, Lewandowski, Benzema, Aguero, and someone, oh, and Suarez. And we and I put Benzema last, and uh, then he went like a week later and scored a hat trick to BP. He's looking pretty good now, and they sit comfortably ten points clear at the top of La Liga, which mm. to me is probably more impressive than getting to the quarterfinals of Champions for them. Uh, Chelsea beat Lille in round of 16, 4-1 on aggregate. Nothing to really not overly convincing though. I must say the second leg that they 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 were up to uh, nil in the first leg, and they won mm. the second leg two one. But watching the extended highlights of that game, Lil had so many chances against a usually pretty robust Chelsea defense. I, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be I'd be quite worried going into this game. And look, I I, I agree with you because I watched the highlights of the game. But then when you think about their recent run in the EPL, their third, five points ahead of the mighty Arsenal, who were in fourth place with a game in hand. And yeah. if the league ended today, we would be in the Champions League, just to remind everyone out there. Yep. Um, but Chelsea have won five straight in the league. And despite uh, all the off-pitch situation, I think have uh, proven that it's not affecting the on-pitch. And the question is, will it eventually impact on-pitch? First leg here is, in fact, at Stamford behind mm. closed doors. Behind closed doors? Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. I did not know that. Um, when, was at, that when was that announced? Oh, I read it last night. Oh, crazy. And also, this is actually a replay of last year's Champions League semi-final, where Chelsea dominated Real in both legs, finishing 3-1 on aggregate. That was a much worse Real team, though. Yeah, so that's the whole thing. Like, think about, in my eyes, a lot has changed for Real Madrid since that, right? They've mm. beat PSG, which is a team constructed for one purpose, to win the Champions League. Junior has really turned into a star compared to what he was a year ago, with a lot more question marks. Benzema, top goal scorer in the Liga by a mile, hat-trick against PSG. And I would also argue quietly, Courtois is putting his case forward for being a top four or oh, three yeah. keeper in the league. And think about where he was at Chelsea. Yeah. Like, he, he was he a was, joke. Oh, no, he was killing it at Chelsea. And I think he when moved, he came, he was... Then he, then he moved to Real Madrid in first two years, he couldn't even beat out Kayla Navas, and then he was considered and then a he joke. Came. Wait, did he come back on loan after that? Didn't he go to Atletico for a stage? He was, at, he was, he was Atletico, and then Chelsea bought him, killed it for Chelsea... 
for a few seasons, then went to Real Madrid, pissing off all the Atletico fans. That's it. And then it. everyone kind of memed him for a bit because he couldn't beat out Kayla Navas, and then eventually finally got got his knock down that like locked down that starting spot. And has been pretty consistent since then. I can't lie. This is the hardest one for me to really predict. Yeah. For me, I'm just gonna just gonna add. Um, Chelsea, like while Chelsea have been grinding out wins, they have had a couple of struggled performances. The the one nil against Newcastle, uh, I thought Newcastle played really well that game, and uh, a bad VAR decision. Mm. Well, Chelsea were a bad, uh, uh, like a proper VAR decision away from drawing that one all. Uh, or even losing one nil if because the, the 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 penalty no call was before they scored, um, but also keeping in mind uh, Chelsea still without Ben Chilwell recently Reese James came back and got injured again so no Reese James no Callum Hudson Odoi who Thomas Tuchel has liked to use in that wing back spot as well so they will be reduced to Azpilicueta and Marcus Alonso at fullback again probably uh, Azpilicueta is solid but not fast and Marcus Alonso is. Uh, a liability defensively at the best of times. A couple of years past his prime. Yeah, uh, and with the, the the wide players that Real Madrid have, uh, most importantly Vinicius Junior, mm. I can see that uh, Chelsea's wide areas uh, defensively being an area that Real Madrid really focus on and could could if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be worried about that for sure. But like, this is this is the closest tie out of all of them for sure. But like that's definitely an area of concern if I'm Thomas Tuchel. Do you see Roman Abramovich got allegedly poisoned? Yeah, I did see that. That was absolutely wild. incredible. Oh, you got to love Russia. Um, yeah, look, I, I agree. I think if anything, the off-pitch situation for Chelsea will lead to their players giving 110 percent rather than crumbling. And I, there is a part of me that thinks that they will beat Real Madrid relatively easily. Relatively in, easily. Like I think they're in such good form. I, I, my prediction is 1-1 yeah. just because it's safe and I don't think anyone can honestly say whether one team is better or not. Mm. But my question for you is if both teams are fully healthy, which team has more quality? Chelsea. Interesting. Chelsea, Chelsea if they have Ben Chilwell and Reese James at fullback, are, are a better team than Real Madrid. We're talking about last year's Champions League winners. Like I know. That's why it's crazy to think that Chelsea, despite... Being third in the league, being very quiet. This also, season. Kai Havertz is significantly better this season than he was last season as well. Yeah, true. Is he? Is he? He's fit too, isn't he? He's fit, and yeah. he's been their clearly their uh, big, their biggest goal threat. And he scored last months. game. I think he did. Yes, he yeah. Did. yeah. Um, look, I agree. I think Chelsea, and it was more just a surprise for me to think that a Chelsea team is built with more quality than a Real Madrid team that is top of La Liga by yeah. a mile. That is crazy. I think it's more a testament to how bad Barcelona and I guess how the other teams quite haven't quite that too. picked up the slack yet. That too. Um, and also how bad, not how not how bad, but how how Atletico have dropped off a little bit. So um, I'm I'm one one. You're one one. Um, because it's I uh, see at home, but it's now you've said behind closed doors. That's really a game changer. And like without a crowd to watch, which I don't understand why they haven't at least let the season ticket uh, holders come in. That doesn't make any sense to me. But um, if there's no crowd, I can see a Real Madrid winning this game. I honestly can. Like Chelsea, uh, are, are much worse at fullback, and Real Madrid are hot right now. And um, I'm gonna go two one Real Madrid. Potentially, potentially an upset pick there. But uh, the behind closed doors thing changes things a lot for me. Actually, um, just for everyone listening at home, there seems to be differing sources and. Responses as to whether this is behind closed doors or not. On oh, 18th, yeah. 
of March, UEFA announced that it was going to be behind closed doors. Yeah. Then there's an article by bsoccer.com. Ever heard of them? No. That says, will not be played behind closed doors, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. So, right. Well, let's if, give it behind closed doors. If it's behind uh, closed doors, Real Madrid, I'm going to say, are winning 2-1. If it is uh, full, like, like as full of a crowd as they can get, I'm agreeing with you and saying 1-1 as well. All right. And like no real... Yeah, there's no real injuries that I know of. And Actually, no. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. You're going to go 2-2? Two, two. Two, two. If, 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 if it's with the crowd. Uh, I, can, I, can see that, I can see goals being in this game. It's going to be interesting also to see how they replace that midfield. Like I was looking at it. Modric, Cruz, Valverde. They're getting up there. But for now, they're still killing it. Well, Modric eventually is going to go back to Dinamo Zagreb, right? You take them so. to the promised land. Back to Spurs, maybe. They'd take him in a heartbeat. Him and Bale bring the bring the gang back together. <laughs> oh, Bale's done. Uh, should we move to Villarreal? Yes, we will move to Villarreal, aka the Spanish Arsenal. <laughs> oh, yeah, good evening. Um, so yeah, Villarreal on paper to those you know quote unquote who don't know ball, this would uh, this would seem like a walkover for Bayern Munich, but Villarreal absolutely wiped the floor with Juventus, and I don't use that lightly. They dominated Juventus over two legs in the one-one draw. In the first leg, dominated that. Juventus were lucky to escape with a uh, with with a draw, and then in, in the return leg, absolutely smoked them off the pitch, playing really nice stuff. Uh, and Bayern, yes, I know they won seven one against uh, RB Salzburg in the second leg. Uh, first leg looked incredibly shaky. Have had a few, have had a uh, somewhat of an in and out injury plagued, COVID plagued squad over the season. Um, a lot, uh, first name that springs to mind, Alfonso Davies is still out. Uh, they didn't have Manuel Neuer for the first leg, had him for the second leg. Uh, they've, and uh, some of their signings that they've made haven't quite lived up to expectation. Upamecano has not been the centre-back everyone thought he was going to be. Sabitzer as well has had a, sh- a struggle to break into that midfield. Uh, so I can see, I don't, I'm not saying that Bayern will get upset, but if there was going to be, if for any of these ties where I would pick an upset, this would be the one. It's been a damn good couple of years to be a Villarreal fan. Oh, absolutely. You, you beat Man United on penalties 11-10 to win the Europa League. You go to the Champions League and you're in the quarterfinals against Bayern. After beating Juventus. And you finish second in your group behind Man United. Yeah. Like that is... It's interesting as well for a, for a team that is regularly outside the top four in La Liga. They finished seventh last season. And they're eighth seventh. currently. Yeah. So like, congrats, guys. Yeah. And just ultimate cup competition, uh, cup competition team. And look, I, I I wouldn't mind to have a bit of a discussion about Bayern because I've got a view on this. Oh yeah, show me one person who is supporting Bayern Munich in this fixture. I don't outside of Munich. I don't like Bayern, but I think they are such a meh, bland, and who cares team. Like they're hated in Germany for buying all the best players and even managers. Yeah, they've won the Bundesliga nine times straight, and yep. they're about to win it the tenth time. Like. If they win the Champions League, we all go meh, and we won't talk about it in two days. And no it's almost cares. fitting that the, the, the Champions League they did win was in the pandemic year with yeah, the crowds. Like, no like, one yeah. cares about Bayern Munich. And I think the reason for that is because we don't know the storylines. They don't have the same kind of toxic media coverage as most European sport does. Uh, and, and look, they're, they're just a really well-oiled machine. Like At the end of the day, every club wishes they ran it themselves the way Bayern does. And because of that, 
they're usually favourites to win the Champions League every year. And if they don't, no one cares anyway. <laughs> and it's interesting as well because like they operate in a league and as a team that is uh, majority fan owned and in a league that's majority fan owned. Mm. So it's not like they have some massive, mon- like you know, Middle Eastern or Russian oil backing mm. that's funding the uh, transfer for these players. And they may offer slightly higher wages than the rest of the Bundesliga teams. But for the most part, the reason all these players leave to go to them is because Bayern are just the better team and people want to win things and yes that is boring and i think the bundesliga is is getting worse and worse in terms of competitiveness as a league and potentially i've heard from uh, our source our bundesliga source uh yannick that he the bundesliga in terms of quality is also dropping off it is dropping well. yeah um uh, but yeah i agree that like i don't hate bayern because i, I think they do play some nice stuff but at the same token meh. i agree with you they're a very <laughs> meh team like you don't really feel strongly either way. You're no. like, yeah, you play nice stuff, but like... And they win or lose, I don't think twice. Yeah. Like, and again, that's because they're not in Spain. They're not in Italy. And they're not in England. Like, yeah. that's that's why. Uh, and the Bundesliga is considered still in the top five leagues, but it definitely would be ranked as the fourth best out of the top five and, now. And it's funny, right? Because the reasons you hate Bayern are also... There's just as many reasons to like them. Like, they're so well-oiled. They've been so consistent. They've got great fans. They actually play young players and develop them. Alfonso Davies, to name one. Started, like, for Bayern at 19, or he's, like, 20 now. Uh, You know, Gnabry, again, revival. Arsenal legend. Arsenal legend. So there's just as many reasons to like and hate them, which adds to them being a meh team. Like, you know, if anyone says, oh, you know, I hate Bayern, you're like, settle down. And if you're like, you love Bayern, you're like, all right, calm down. (laughs) Like, they're just such a middle of the ground team. Like, no one has a strong opinion on them. Yeah, and that's just what happens. It's just like like people stop caring when they start because there's just that lack of competition in the Bundesliga. It's just not, like, not interesting. I mean, like, Dortmund are the only team that's perennially ever close to them. Leipzig got, got Leipzig's close. coming got close, close yeah. once. And to be fair, Dortmund are the closest they've been to uh, in, the, in the race for the Bundesliga as they have in some time. I think they're only far, four or five points off. Uh, if, let me just check that quickly. So Dortmund did six points off Bayern, two games behind. So yeah, like, that's the close. closest they've been. But then if you look at the teams well, after that, it's like, you know, 48, like, like yeah. nine points behind. Dortmund is the next best team. So it's like... Yeah. Uh, and look, to wrap this up, I hope for Villarreal and good Ebning um, that they beat Bayern or at least tie with them, I guess, in one game. Just I don't want them to lose 5-0. Yeah, I don't think they will. I think uh, the way Una Emery's teams are set up is they defend very stoutly and yeah. they attack explosively quickly. Um, and on the lineup front, similar to our discussion around Benfica, Villarreal, Villarreal lining up with Aurier, Albiol, Le Celso. Yeah, Le Celso. Some yeah. of these names ring a bell. Yeah, and also, but like one player that I, I, I am keen to see how Bayern deal with is uh, their winger. Dan Juma. Dan Juma, yes, that's yeah. the one. He is electric and absolutely tore United apart last year. Also, Moreno is one of these top goal scorers. He's always top three goal scorer in the league. Jared Moreno, yeah. And he's 25 and like you'd think... Also, they have uh, Alberto Moreno, uh, famous for his uh, reaction after they beat United last year. As a former Liverpool player, he was like, United, get out! United, (laughs) get out! (laughs) I love that. Um, Um, But yeah, Moreno is one of those players. He's 25-ish now. You sort of think he would have made a jump at this point. Then you see him perform on the international stage of the Euros and you see why. Uh, But yeah, to be fair... I'm going to go out on a limb here and pick not an, not an entire upset, but I'm going to say that uh, Villarreal are going to draw with Bayern Munich one all here. The first leg is in Spain. It's in Spain, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that's it for the Champions League. What's your pick there? 
Oh, my pick. Oh, I'm going 3-0 Bayern. 3-0 Bayern. Like, no hope. Don't know, not even a goal for the, for the boys in yellow. I mean, I think if they lose 3-0 and then they go back to Germany and Bayern put out their fourth side. Uh, Maybe. Okay. I, uh, I, I hope if Villarreal score more than one goal in this fixture, I'll be happy. Okay. I I give them a little bit more credit than you, yeah. but I will, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go one all just because I think it, I like what Unai Emery is doing over there. They're set up well and I think they can never go. Anyway, I digress. Uh I'll we'll record these results and like we did with Wilbur for uh the round of 16, we uh I'll come back to these in a future episode. Resic may or may not be on this episode, but we'll see how we did <laughs> with these picks. Um so ne- next, we're going to move on to the Europa League quarterfinals. Uh, so obviously, some of these ties we will know less about than uh, some of the other ties because there's two ties that have... Uh, there's actually, there's three ties we'll know a lot about. Yeah. Th- but the first one we will know not so much about. A, partly because uh, RB Leipzig versus Atalanta. Leipzig actually got a free pass in the round of 16. Rest in peace, Spartak Moscow. Yeah, so Spartak yep. Moscow were kicked out, not by any of the players' fault, but because of the ongoing situation in the Ukraine. Uh, so yeah, Leipzig got a free pass into the into the quarterfinals. Atalanta, uh, Leverkusen, ju- like they won four two, but they I, I wouldn't say they convincingly beat Leverkusen. Uh, Lever- especially in the second leg, Leverkusen had a lot of chances to equal, to get back into that game, and then at, right in the ninety first minute, Atalanta scored the fourth goal on aggregate. So I wouldn't say they comfortably beat Leverkusen, but they did beat Leverkusen, and they are a good team sitting fifth in the city. Uh, behind what is like a, a four-way yeah. pack for the title in that league. Uh, so but like, Leipzig are just a big unknown. I think they're third or fourth in the Bundesliga. And third, I think. Third, third. yeah. And No, they're fourth, actually. Sorry. Who are they? Um, Who's it? Strucker? Leverkusen, Leverkusen are ahead of them. Uh, but yes, like I said, it's, it's an unknown. I, don't, I, can't, I can't really, like Leipzig, can't really tell you how Leipzig's going to go because I, I haven't seen them play in over a month. Um, so... Yeah, and look, there's sort of a group of teams across Europe that I sort of see as very similar. Uh, and all these teams were like either four or five years ago or either at the bottom or the middle of the table or re- got promoted. Uh, and not due to like new ownership or a cash injection, but rather like good management, good play development with solid tactics. They've managed to make themselves into more of a middle top tier. So I'm talking about teams like Leipzig, Atalanta had a really good run recently. Uh, Leicester, I, I group all these teams together. So I think this will be a pretty good matchup because I think their philosophies are similar. I think their tactics are good. It's not like either team have one star player that's holding them together. Like they are consistent top to bottom and they're kind of in that yeah Leicester leads mold mm. where they have a couple fairy tale seasons uh and the question is sure they remain competitive but what are the goals going forward you know these teams I think Leipzig are still somewhat reeling from losing yeah. their Nagelsmann, coach their captain you, and their yeah. center back to Bayern Munich yeah so I would say <laughs> and Nagelsmann uh, but I think they're dealing, like, being fourth currently in the Bundesliga, like, despite what we've just said about the competitiveness in that league, I think they're dealing with it okay. But I think their goal would just be it would, would just be to slowly rebuild and then sort of go from there. But by the same token, I, I do think they are, like you say, of a similar ilk to the Atalantas. Maybe not uh, so rags to riches as Atalanta because they obviously are owned by Red Bull. Uh, so it had a big cash injection in that regard. But 
I do think, yeah, they're, they're of a similar ilk, these teams. Teams that sort of uh, flirted, uh, came into the, uh, were not in the Champions League, got hot, uh, have those sort of consistent all-over teams, got into the um, the Champions League, or now the Europa League, and are just sort of hanging around that fourth to fifth sort of location. Champions League one year, Europa League next, depending on how the teams around them do. Uh, but just solely for the fact that I don't like, like not having not played in the European football environment for so long, and also just for I think on paper I think Atlanta's just a better team. I think Atlanta is probably going to be win this game. Interesting. So we are. This is I think our first like op, like polar opposite views. Oh yeah. I think the first leg being in Leipzig. I'm going to go to Neil Leipzig. They have had some crazy result lines recently. So. Their three most recent games is 4-1 against Musha Gladbach, mm-hmm. 4-1 against Maine, and then 6-1 against Hertha Berlin. So they are putting goals away. That's true. I did not know and that. And again, that doesn't mean that that form will um, reflect against uh, in the Champions League, but I think they're either going to win with a lot uh, or they could potentially draw. So I'm going to go 2 nil. I'm going to go 1-1. Go 1-1. I'm going to go 1-1. Because it's in Leipzig. I'm being so very conservative, but I think Atlanta's going to win this tie overall. It's going to be close, though. So I'm going to go 1-1, and then Atlanta's in Nabbit probably in the second leg. Uh, and regarding our look at lineups, the only name that sort of reminded me of anything is Zappa Costa. <laughs> 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 He's playing for Atlanta. Love that. I think, and, uh, uh, I think um, Atlanta, at least last year, I'm not sure if they've still got him, have got that uh, German fullback Gosens, who was really good in the World Cup. I'm not sure if he still plays for them. I don't think he's um, there. But he may have left in the transfer window in January. Yeah, but, yeah that's, that's um, from this one. But yes, uh, interesting that we don't see that on that one, but good. That it's not good to agree on everything. Run the tape. Exactly. <laughs> Hold the receipts for when we come back. That's right. But anyway, ne- on to, in my opinion, the premier tie of the, of the round. Um, West Ham United versus Leon. Now... This is going to be a really, really good tie, and I personally want to get up next Friday and, wa- and watch this one because, uh, yeah, look, uh, Hammers showed incredible resilience to come from behind against Sevilla, uh, but will be heavily tested against the Leon side, who, like, what, despite not winning by a whole lot on aggregate like, on the score, were dominant against Porto, especially against, especially in the second leg, and better finishing would have seen them be comfortable winners. Um, just uh, just to refresh my memory, I watched the highlights again um, today, and like had so many chances to put a, to to make the score f- far more uh, embarrassing, shall we say, for Porto, yes. but just couldn't finish their dinner. Um, you got players like Dembele, who came from Celtic, who's been killing it. Jose Mawa, former Arsenal target, who's very good, uh, and others. Uh, obviously, everyone knows who West Ham's got. Uh, lots of talent there. Interestingly, this is first West Ham's first European quarterfinal oh, since 1981. Sorry, man. I got, okay, pop quiz time. I'll yeah. go a level deeper. West Ham are only one of two newcomers to the Europa League this year. Can you guess? Can you guess the other team who haven't been in the Europa League before? Out of the ones that are in there now? No, not now. Like, in, even in group stages. <laughs> oh, I have no idea, man. Well, obviously not a soccer fan because it is Danish champions, Bromby. I think oh, that's really? how you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Uh, but actually, uh, going on from what you were saying, the team, both teams respectively, are actually in pretty average form at the moment. Yeah. Being both 
They've both only won two of their last six games West across Ham's all competitions. Sure. And Leon, surprise, surprise, is actually 10th in Ligue 1, uh, which is pretty awful considering they finished tied like third and fourth last season. Yeah, and they made the Champions League semifinals. Yeah, two so years, I have no idea what's what's going on there. The French League is a mystery to me, man. Honestly, like yeah. the, the the fluctuation of teams' fortunes, like Rand won the league last season and they're like way off the pace as well. Yeah, but, um, yeah. No, sorry, not Rand, Lille. Um, oh. uh, so yeah, I'm not really sure, but like I, I can only go off how they played in their last round of 16 game against Porto. And Porto is a team that dropped down from the Champions League as well and put them to sword. Um what are you but picking? I'm picking. I, 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 I just. I'm biased here just because I want to see West Ham do well. But like, I, I honestly think that like they could, they could, they can do it. Like, why not? Um, at least in the home leg, I think they can do something. Uh, with London Stadium packed to the rafters, yelling their hearts out. Because I reckon the London Stadium is a big reason why they won against Sevilla. Like, oh, watching yeah. the highlights back, that's the atmosphere for a, for a stadium that usually doesn't have that electric atmosphere because of how separated the ground is from the fans. Because they've was, got a running pitch around, yeah, it, don't they? Yeah. Olympic Stadium. It was crazy. So I think West Ham can nab a, a 2-1 here. Uh, I'm also actually going 2-1. Oh, really? So, no yeah, definitely. So I think to West Ham? They're pretty... Oh, to West Ham. I think... I looked at all the betting and West Ham are like significant favourites really? to knock off Leon here. Like it was, you put a dollar on West Ham, you win a dollar thirty, and uh, Leon was like three fifty. Interesting. So I think the the punters are definitely uh, siding with with us there. And did you see recently, Ara, lots of reports uh, this week across multiple sources actually mm. that Arsenal are still interested and are intending to pursue him in the summer. Which I, mean, I don't think really I, makes sense. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure if I get that. But mm. hey, who knows? What do you think is more likely? We get Awa or Man U get Declan Rice? We get Awa. Yeah. I don't. I, I reckon Declan. If, if if West Ham in the Europa League, I think Declan, that West Ham offer him with the money they'll get for that and being in Champions League next season, they'll offer him huge money. Yeah. Obviously, if they don't, you know, you never know. But I'm. I'm. More, I take more stock in the fact that uh, United will go after Calvin Phillips from Leeds. Yeah, that makes Declan more Rice sense. From West Ham, because also Calvin Phillips will be cheaper, uh, in my opinion. Not quite as good, but still very good in that in that uh, solid centre midfield. Still position. playing for England. Still playing. For Being England. injured, so his price is probably a little yeah. down. And again, also Leeds almost getting relegated. His price will be lower yeah, as well. Um, All right, yeah. two one, two one, two one. Uh, next game, Rezik. Uh, Frankfurt and Barca. And look, I'm just going to... I've got no idea how they <laughs> held Barca's in the Europa League. Can you, yeah, enlighten us? They, the, the, basically, they were like... I think the, uh, when Xavi was appointed was like uh, maybe one or two games out from the end of the group stage. So he had to try and fix a, st- uh, a sinking ship and couldn't quite fix, a sink, fix it fast enough, although they're doing very good now. To save them from the Europa League, uh, and they went and they were bested by Benfica in that group yeah. with Benfica and Bayern and Barca. Uh, but yeah, since then they've really uh, found some form. Uh, Frankfurt interestingly didn't lose a game in the group stage and got past a strong Real Betis side that uh, I think is sitting fourth or fifth in La Liga. Um, but yeah, at the moment Barcelona are a different beast entirely. Uh, they've found some form recently. Signed a Bamiyang. Who's been killing it? Blood clot. Uh, I mean, a blood clot, Yang. Uh, and yeah, like Pedri's firing, Ferran Torres is firing. Uh, they're looking. Dembele. Yeah, Dembele is back to his best. They're looking like the team, uh, like a transformed team under Xavi. Uh, I 
just don't see a scenario where Frankfurt win this. So or even draw this if I'm honest. Going back to it, because I have zero understanding about this. Barcelona were in the Champions League group stages. Uh-huh. And then because they didn't make it through to the round of sixteen. Yeah. Because like where they finished in La Liga, they no, get no. put into the best, Europa. I think it's like I don't I don't know how many, but of the Ten or eight or six groups of the, of the Champions League. I think it's the top four or six uh, best placed third place teams oh, in the groups okay, go, yeah. go drop down to the yeah. uh, Europa League, and then the worst third place team, a couple of the worst third place teams, just get eliminated. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's amazing to think where um, Barca were a couple months ago. I you know, know where they financial are mismanagement, which I haven't looked into deeply. It's pretty bad. But apparently, the financial mismanagement was actually a facade. For like tax reasons and transfer reasons, they're in debt. They're time. in debt. Um, horrible form, sacking managers. A squad that was a bit of a joke. You had a front three of like Luke De Jong, Mark and Martin Braithwaite, and Memphis Depay. Like, yeah, look, it no, was no, sh- no hate on Memphis, but like he's like they've now got Dembele, Fran Torres, Aubameyang. It's like significant upgrade. And, and look, you know, obviously as Arsenal fans, um, all best, all you know. All the best. That's been a mutually beneficial. Yeah, all the best for Aubameyang. He needed to leave, and I I think most Arsenal fans would say that we absolutely knew he was probably going to kill it at Barcelona. Yeah, and like he's gotten better since he left, and we've gotten better, and we've stayed good since he left. Yeah, so so it's a win-win. Like obviously, it's not great. We gave him up for free, but he. I think he was having a a bigger impact off the pitch that probably wasn't being communicated. Oh yeah, Uh, for sure. So you know, I see Pierre scoring two or three and doing a somersault. Why not? Oh yeah, no, I I, 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 I. I can see Bamiang scoring for sure. Um, I could see Barcelona like winning three or four nil in this game. Honestly, like Frankfurt are good, but Barcelona are shit hot right now. Um, I'm gonna go three nil just 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 to just to be a little bit modest because it is a, actually it's a Frankfurt's home actually maybe two nil. Just I, I'm gonna put a bit of respect on Frankfurt's name two nil. I'll go three one three with one. Bamiang scoring three and and two somersaults. And a hat-trick of assists from their belly, I'm sure. That's right. All right. Uh, last game, we move on to uh, Sporting Braga versus Rangers. Uh, this Interestingly, oh wait, have you got the fact about how... Oh, can I can I give you this one or about how long it's been since Rangers made a final or have you not got that stat? As in what what kind of final? Like a quarterfinal quarter final? Of, of Europe. A European quarterfinal. Okay, trivia time. Here we go. Actually, we'll, we'll put it on you. Don't look it up. Um... <laughs> Well, uh, this is Rangers' first quarterfinal, European quarterfinal in how many years? Uh, I'm going to go f- 15. 14. I'm so such a good close, guesser. my man. I am such a good guesser. Yeah, Write Ra- it down. <laughs> Rangers' uh, first European quarterfinal in uh, 14 years, uh, having already knocked off Borussia Dortmund and uh, Red Star Belgrade in the past two rounds. Uh like despite losing in the away leg to Red Star Belgrade, pretty comfortably beat them four two overall, um, and obviously everyone knows about the crazy upset win against Dortmund that they had in the in the round before that. Braga beat, let's be honest, a pretty average Monaco team in the round of sixteen, who are well off the pace in the in the French league, which tells you all you need to know, um, and are considered a step below the three best teams in the Portuguese league, which we've referenced before: Sporting Porto and Benfica. So. Like honestly, if, if Rangers can beat Dortmund, they can win. They can beat virtually anyone in this competition. So I'm, I, and I would personally, I've said this well with Wilbur in past episodes. I would love, love, love to see a Rangers West Ham semi or even a Rangers West Ham final. 
So I'm going to pick Rangers to win this. Um, maybe a draw in the first leg, though, but they're going to win the second leg when it's at home. So I'm maybe I'm going to go a modest 1-1 in the first leg, but I, I would expect them to win the whole tie overall. I'm, I also had 1-1. Uh, You're joking. Yeah, what a surprise. (laughs) We're just that good, guys. Uh, Funnily enough, these are the two only surviving group stage runners-up, and they're playing each other in the quarterfinals, which is pretty cool. Oh, really? And also, uh, these teams played each other in the round of 32 two years ago in the Europa League, which is pretty cool. I actually didn't get that far. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't look at that. As I was reading it, I was like... Three-quarter research. I was like, I should have actually written that down. (laughs) Um, to be, you, to be honest, it means absolutely nothing in the grand context of things. Guys, I found out about this like 10 hours ago at midnight. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, to be fair, Rezik is a ring in as of about, yeah, about four. We're talking like 18 hours. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for to him for coming on. But yes, understandably, not the most. And he's been working all day at the lovely Deloitte uh, <laughs> workspace. Um, look, if you're Rangers too, uh, fixture-wise, they have a game against Celtic on the 3rd of April. Then they're playing this on the 8th of April. So it's not an ideal schedule. And weirdly like enough... Old Firm Derby. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Okay, yeah. On I the third. Even, I didn't even factor that in. Um, so it's not an ideal schedule, but also looking at the betting, Braga are favourites. Oh, really? Uh, at home, right? Or did we say it's in... It's at, no, it's in Portugal. It's in Portugal. I'm going 1-1. You're going 1-1? It doesn't change anything, but... I see, yeah, 1-1. I don't know how good Braga, like, Rangers definitely... Uh, to be fair, them. I've watched Braga play a couple games in the Europa League over the past over the past few years. They've never overly, like, yeah. impressed me that much. I'm surprised they're favourites, but um, I guess it's because they're at home. Yeah. Maybe that's why. I think they may have beaten Leicester in the group stage this year. I'm not 100%, but... Um, or at least one of the years in the past few years that Leicester's been in the, in the Europa League, but I digress. Uh, it might be a little bit of a British bias showing here, but yeah, Rangers won one and to win the tie overall, I want to see it. Um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst from scoring 40 yard bangs at the 2010 World Cup <laughs> to managing uh, a Europa League quarterfinal team. Mate, that was one of my, that was the best goal I've ever seen live. Oh. The one against the, the one for the Netherlands when he hits yeah, it from yeah. like you know halfway and he just yeah hits the, I remember I remember watching corner. that in my like grandparents lounge living room in England and just being like what the fuck what year was that 2010 crazy I would have been 14 just and who did they play it was against Uruguay you're getting it up are you? I've got a, okay, I'm gonna get another question for you oh yeah. What was the final score of that game? Semi-final. Semi-final. I think it was... I don't think it went to penalties. Oh, maybe it did go to penalties. I don't think it did. I think they won 2-1, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Uruguay 2, Netherlands 3. Netherlands 3. But listen to this score sheet. Doesn't this just take you back? You got Giovanni scoring his banger in the 18th. Then in the 41st, Forlan scores. Yeah. Then in the 70th, Schneider scores. Wesley, yeah. And that, then... That was the year he won it all with Inter as well. And then in the 73rd, three minutes later, Robin scores. Yeah. So it's 3-1. And then in the 90th minute, Pereira scores to make it 3-2. That what is an intense World Cup what semi-final. Uh, but yes, uh, that is all for the European ties, uh, at club level at least, as we've just been talking about the World Cup as well. Uh, it'll be very I, like honestly, all of these ties are intriguing to me. Honestly, like like, like it's it's it, it's rare to get not only Champions League but Europa League where, where all four of the ties have teams where you actually like have something vested in it. 
So uh, I'll be very keen to watch at least three games next week live and then highlight packages for the rest of them. Uh, but now, as we're still under an hour, and fuck it, why not? Let's keep going. Um, the return of the Premier League is also this weekend. Uh, before How long have we got? The, before the, we're currently at 51 minutes. Easy. So let's keep rolling. Um, and the return of the Premier League is this week, is this week after the international break. Uh, but it comes before the Champions League and the Europa League gets underway. And there are a few games that uh, have a bit of stake at both ends of the table. Uh, Leicester United I care less about uh, just because <laughs> I, d- I don't care about it as much. I think United, like it's, it's United aren't very good and Leicester are going to rest players. So I do think United are going to win that game. Did um, you see that uh, Man U announced their Australian tour for I July? I did, and, the, and the, I saw Optus Sport being like, it's going to be soon in Melbourne. Can you imagine, who knows, though, who, like, who knows if Ronaldo's uh, even going to be there? It doesn't matter. Like, I was thinking about, when I was reading about it, I was literally laughing to myself, being like, the entire MCG, soon! Yeah. Like, it's going to be <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, it would be very good. It, you know, when, remember when Liverpool came here ages ago? Uh, 95,000 people. Yeah, the they team, sang yeah. the Never Walk Alone. I think that this will put it in the dust for the wrong reasons. What for people going soon? Yeah, I think they're going to do it all game. It, is it, won't, be like, it won't be as goosebumpsy as that you'll never walk alone. But it it's going to be, be like the Wolves Whaler of the more World annoying. Cup. Yeah, it's going to be sure. if Ronaldo's hilarious. playing every time he touches the ball. So people are the, say it. the TikTok content is going to go off. off yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Spurs Newcastle, the first in my opinion interesting game of dead the round. Club. Newcastle uh, Spurs, obviously dead club, but obviously are a half decent team. Especially have been getting a little bit better recently. Although they did just lose to United. Um, but Newcastle looked very good in their last last turnout in the Premier League against yeah. Chelsea. Almost nabbed a point there, or even three. Um, I think they could nab some points here against Spurs. Where's the game? Uh, oof, good question. I'm pretty Sorry. sure it's on Sunday, but don't quote me on that. Uh, Monday morning. Monday so, yeah. morning. And where go. is it? It is in... It is at uh, Tottenham Hospital Stadium. But regardless, Dead I point. do think West Ham can nab a point here. I honestly do. I don't see them winning, but I can see... Classic Spurs bottle jobs and and Newcastle just, like every game they've played since Eddie Howe's come in to be manager they've just looked super up for it Who, and it, they're playing good stuff. It's so funny that they get their massive injection and you know the EPL boards were against giving them the money and allowing the takeover, but everyone like loves because they're doing it what feels organically by not you know signing a fifty million pound player. Yeah, but they're signing all these like you know decent players. To be fair, Bruno Guimaraes was almost fifty million. But yeah, yeah I, I I agree with what you're saying. It's a lot. It's a lot of like ten to ten to twenty million players. Yeah, and like they're making it feel a lot more organic than we're used to. But that's the way you should do it. Though. Exactly. Like, exactly. You shouldn't like 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 Manchester City eventually figured it out. But from 2008 2012 2011 for the first three years they just threw money at everyone and like some hit and some did, did not, not hit at all. Who do you think that was the the biggest did not hit? Robinho, without a fucking doubt. <laughs> Robinho. Guy's now in prison. Is he actually? Yeah, he's in prison. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. He's not dead. I mean, how long? How long? Rest in peace. Pr- his career. That's for how sure. long is he in prison? For? Yeah, true. <laughs> do you know what he's in? Probably, uh, I'd, I'd probably like something to do with drugs or. Did you see this on TikTok? No, no, I just read about it. I, I looked. I, we were look, for a past episode. We were looking up uh, Manchester City's best and worst transfers. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he's now in prison. You can look it up. I'm sure, probably something you'd be interested in. Where was he? Um, was he at AC Milan? Before he's been then? at AC Milan. He was at Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Uh, yeah. He's been around, but God, yeah. that's a name that we grew up on. Yeah, he was like I remember when I used to uh, like when I first started playing futsal at Futsal Oz. Uh, not, rest not, in peace. Not trying to give them a shout out, but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, back when they were at, like. Yeah. Right, 
Brunswick Northwest or whatever mm. gym they were at. We got these little uh, Jinga DVD like DVDs of all like the Brazil like these five Brazilian guys Joga playing Joga Bonito futsal stuff. Yeah, and he nice. was on it. He was one of the guys in it and he fucking incredible skills. But yeah, obviously didn't translate to the football pitch too much. Not for Man City that is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think honestly I can see Newcastle uh, getting a point here both uh, just being resolute defensively and scoring a goal and just frustrating Spurs I reckon 1-1 I'm going to go 3-0 three new, three new for, for Newcastle just because there's no other option when it's against Tottenham yeah that's fair um, I hope Newcastle speaking wins speaking to uh, re- <laughs> a, a somewhat reasonable Arsenal fan and a very bipartisan Arsenal fan on that's podcast. right that's right uh, the uh, next game is Everton West Ham now usually this would be a, a West Ham heavy favourites considering how poor Everton have been but a Everton are fighting hard to stay up and b West Ham have a big Europa League tie coming up on the Thursday evening uh, England time so I do see them resting players so this ca- this tie all of a sudden becomes. And also recently, David Moyes says that he thinks they may have dropped out of the top four conversation somewhat. So perhaps prioritizing league form less so. So do you think there is scope here for Everton to nab a point considering they are all in on the league in West Ham? It's sort of a somewhat of a backseat thing for them. Look, definitely. I just... Look, I haven't watched much Everton this season. I have to admit that. No one can blame you. They've been pretty poor. But (laughs) I still look at their squad and it's not too different to a year or two ago when they weren't in this position. I think you can't... Even though I know they've you know won one out of their last six or seven games, I don't think you could rule them out. I've, I've never ruled them out. Every time I've seen them lose, I go, oh, that's an unlucky loss. But they've just put too many of these losses together to the fact that they're in 17th. Yeah. Uh, so I think anything's possible with it for this game. I, I'm not ruling Everton to lose any game unless it's against Chelsea, Man City. Or Which Liverpool. they do have a couple of games against Chelsea and Arsenal yeah, good, and a few others. Good luck to them. <laughs> but yeah, I, honestly, for this one, I, 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 I'm going one all. We're going to go one all. Yeah. I'm going to pick an upset here. I think West Ham are going to rest a lot of players to have them fresh for... The Europa League tie. I think Everton are going to be super up for it. Also, Everton performed considerably better since Frank Lampard came under coach at home. They performed very poorly away, but they performed really well at home. West Ham are going to rest players. West Ham's uh, like focus on the league is nowhere near as strong as it was maybe two or three weeks ago. Plus, their league form hasn't been that good anyway. I'm going to go Everton to win this one, uh, 2-1. Huge. Big, big call for me. Big call. Run back to tape after the yeah, game. Yeah, if, 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 if I'm right, <laughs> you better watch out. And last last game, oh. uh, this is this is this has the potential to be a absolute cracker. Arsenal obviously need to keep winning games to stay in the Champions League contention with every, with uh, you know Spurs uh, and United hot on their heels. But Crystal Palace have had some good results recently. Anyway, drawing nil all with City and then smashing Everton four nil last round. But interestingly, and I, w- I want to get your take on this. Palace, for the first time this season, against Everton, fielded all four of Ebereche Eze, Wilfred Zahar, Michael Elise, and, Co- and Conor Gallagher in the, in the starting lineup together. And obviously, they clearly played together and meshed together extremely well as they routed Everton 4-0. Arsenal, I think, need to be really wary of that front four quartet. Would you not agree? Where's the game? Uh, it's at, uh, at home. At home. Our home? At Arsenal home, yeah. No, it's not. Is it not? No, oh, no, no, it's a Crystal Palace. We're yeah. away. Even um, more scope. So that those four playing together, I assume again after an international break, I don't reckon, like, Zaha would have been on international duty and Gallagher would have, but the other two wouldn't have. So, yeah. I think this is this has the potential to be a really good game. So Crystal Palace are not to be taken lightly. Funny to add to that, 
Palace have failed to win any of their five Premier League matches at home. They're two draws and three losses. Oh, really? And Arsenal have didn't won they that... ju- Didn't they just beat Everton at home? It might have, was, it must was not a, have been at home. Was that or it a could good, have been FA Cup or something. Was that a, was that a Goodison Park? I'm going to look like an idiot here if that, if that was true. Run the tape. <laughs> Run the tape. Ah, oh, fuck. What am I doing? Just go. Oh, I don't even know where it was. Everton... I'll find it first. Who did they play? They, they Crystal beat Palace. Crystal Palace. It was FA Cup quarterfinal. Oh, it was at, and was it at Crystal Palace? It was at... Yeah, it was. Yeah. So Everton's, is, Everton's home form has been pretty good, but yeah, their so away their form Premier League. Whereas Arsenal have won their last five away matches in the EPL. Interesting. Um, look, Jasper and I have gone back and forth about this for months now under Arteta, but I still... And maybe it's because we've been dealing with it for three years and Arsenal's run of form is still a shock to me. I go into every match expecting us to lose. Yeah, and no. it makes me feel. Better. I'm still, I, I'm still apprehensive. I'm not. I, I by no means am I, I. Am I confident for a win in this game? I have been more confident for mm. wins against other teams recently. But this team, Crystal Palace, with the with with not only defend the defensive solidity because I watched the entire Crystal Palace City game and they were incredibly resolute defensively, and then now with this front four that they played against Everton in the cup yeah. and smashed them. Uh, I'm worried for sure. Uh, like, uh, like uh, Arsenal's been going so well of late. Like this feels like a potential slipping block. And, and look, you, you're definitely not crazy to think that. Um, the the one thing that gives me comfort is Arsenal have been putting away these mid tier teams that you know last season and the season before we would go there with a full squad and end up losing two 0 and it would just be disgusting. Um you know, run of form including wins against Aston Villa, Leicester City, even Wolves. A lot of these teams I put in the same sort of bucket as yeah. Crystal. You know, Middle, we've walked mid, away table team. Yeah, both home and away beating them. Or you know, it hasn't been comfortable like at Wolves where we scored in the ninety sixth minute or whatever it was. Yeah. But you know, this isn't uh, we have still, showed a, like yeah. a, a certain steel that we haven't yeah. possessed in past seasons. And that's why I go into all these games expecting a draw or a loss. But, you know, Arsenal's proving me wrong and Arteta's been proving me wrong for a couple months now. Yeah. And, you know, there's no way with our squad you can say that Arteta isn't outperforming the quality he has. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think we're doing... It's You know, this is the first time I'll say it, but, like, we are doing incredibly well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Punch, even if punch, we've, we're punching above our weight this season for sure. And when I hear like Arsenal fans saying, "If you know we don't finish top four, it's a disappointment," I'm like, "Oh, absolutely not. No as way. As long as we get back into Europe in some form." This has mind. been such a turnaround season for yeah, us. Yeah, I had then. us to finish eighth at the start of this. Yeah, season. That, and that's, look at how we've turned that's, around. That is a realistic. That was a realistic outcome. Yeah. Um, and here we are in fourth with games in hand. So, hat off to but this Arteta. game. I, I still think I'm this game is you back around. I still think this game is... I'll, I'll go 1-0 to Arsenal. I think we'll scrape through. I reckon, just because of how Crystal Palace, how good Crystal Palace are, I'm going to go one all. Or no, I'm going to go 2-0, in fact. I reckon it's. I reckon this is... Yeah. With the games in hand, I still don't think... It's, like we can still finish top four if we do drop two points against this game. But I just... Uh, Crystal Palace, like, despite what you've said about them not winning at home for a while, I... I like, there's something about the way that they seem to be clicking at the moment that I'm worried, and I think they're going to score some, but we're also going to score some, so I'm going to go two all. And also Patrick Vieira coaching him, right? I love that. I That's love awesome. that. So Do you think much. Arsenal like they'll you know? They, oh no, it's at home. Do you think if if he coached Crystal at the Emirates, does he get a like a clap? Did that happen? Uh, it probably. W- I'm not sure if it happened in the return fixture when, when yeah. they when they came earlier in the season, but maybe I don't know. 
Probably. I know, yeah, definitely. They definitely, must have, right? Definitely, yeah. definitely must have. So there's a level of respect there, Yeah, obviously. there's a level of respect there. We sure. want Crystal Palace to do well. We oh, just don't sure. want them to beat us. Not, just not to beat us. No, I love yeah. Crystal Palace as a team. Uh, but yeah, finally, uh, as to close out the episode, we've got a little bit of fun as we just crack over the hour mark. Uh, so recently, uh, as, as, as early as yesterday, uh, the new World Cup ball for Qatar 2020 was announced. And uh, I've, a graphic that me and Rezik have in front of us is the World Cup balls uh, of the last 20 years. That's 2002, 2006, 10, 14, 18, and 22. Uh, so obviously you guys can remember the triangular pattern in 2002, the sort of circles pattern of the Germany World Cup, the, in, the famous Jobalani, the sort of colorful uh, Rio, or, or sorry, Brazil ball, the somewhat block color black and pixel Russia ball, and now this uh, triangular prism uh, ball for Qatar. So we're going to rank them from one to six. Can uh, I, I'm just going to start off by saying yeah. the Russia 2018 one is so shit. Oh, it's dead. It's, <laughs> it's so, so shit. It's so dead. <laughs> All right, let's, we're going uh, from yeah. worst to best. Let's we're going do from worst. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Oh, I'm just going straight out. The hey, Russia, hey, Russia 2018 worst to best, yeah. So six to one, go. Okay, six, Russia, 2018. Yeah. Uh, five, I'm going to go 2014, Brazil. No, nah, I rate that. Uh, I'm going to go, what am I up to? Third? Yeah, no, no fourth, fourth. fourth. The 2022 uh, ball for which World Cup? Where are we? Qatar. Qatar. Like, I think it's all right, but those top three balls being 2002, iconic, yeah, 2006, yeah. and 2010 are iconic. And I yeah. would say the order for me is number three is the Jubilani. Yep. Because, it, like, name another ball that had a name. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, they've all got names. But, but this one, like, everyone memorable knows the name, Jubilani, memorable yeah. name, yeah. Uh, number two is 2002 World Cup because of its it was iconic. And I remember buying a replica version in, like, on a Croatian Just island. watching, like, Ronaldo and Ronaldinho, yeah, yeah. like, do shit with And I ball, had yeah. that ball, like, from Croatia. And I think I put it in my suitcase, like, took the air out and brought it home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And number one is 2006. Best ball ever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, yeah, Russia, last dead. Uh, for me, Qatar 2022 ball yeah. is, is fifth. I, I don't rate it at all. I think it's a bit shit. Uh, the, the Brazil ball is next. It's colorful, but, again, it's a bit meh. Um, so we had the same three. Nah, you had the Qatar ball. Oh, the Jubilani you had. No, no, you you were the Qatar ball ahead of the, ahead yeah, of the Rio ball. But we but have the same bottom three. Same bottom three, okay. just in a different order. Uh, then for me, I've got the uh, Jubilani third, just like you. But then I've got the uh, Germany ball second, Oof. and I've got the triangular. Um, uh, South Korea, Japan ball. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, iconic. Uh, that just because, like I said, like just watching. I just mer- just like not. I'm not memories because I was too young. But just video clips of that Brazil team just doing crazy shit with that ball. Yeah. Plus, I just really like the design that that triangular pattern. Very simplistic. I can, it's, it's it's pretty close between two and one. But uh, yeah. Also, the Jubilani, Like while it's a cool ball. I, I, I just I associate the South African World Cup with like fucking Vuvuzelas and shit and something and I see that and it just reminds me of that and it's just it can never quite hold the same esteem for me to be honest. But yeah, um, we're going Russia, Qatar, Brazil, South Africa, Germany, and South Korea, Japan. I'm just thinking that the uh, the Jubilani South Africa. It would have been a couple days ago, literally the weekend, I think, where I got a recommended video on YouTube for when South Africa in the first opening game of the World Cup scored the banger against, was it Mexico, the first goal? 
They're oh, playing yeah, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Shabalala. And then, they, yeah, Shabalala. Yeah. And he has like the cleanest shot of his life on the run outside like I think he was just on the on edge the of the, the box. box yeah and then they run in the stadium and home do, and do, and the, do dance. the dance and yeah, I was like that was that's sick. gonna be one of the best soccer moments oh of yeah all time. absolute best opening moment of the World Cup and like sure. to think you know they're on the training pitch like whenever being like hey if we score we're do all it. gonna run here and do this yeah, dance yeah, yeah. and the dance is just awesome yeah. <laughs> the commentary <laughs> by Peter Drury is sick for that as well to be honest yeah it's and the whole stadium is just going ballistic yeah so yeah there's good memories with South Africa oh absolutely and like looking back at look at all these balls does make me even though I have reservations about uh, Qatar hosting the World Cup it does make me excited looking at all these balls and seeing recently uh, all the teams qualifying and stuff and I'm probably still going to end up watching it despite what I think about it I but, mean how shit is Australia oh yeah uh, like that's going to get covered next episode so you tune, got it? Yeah, tune right. in for that uh, but yes that brings that brings us to the end of episode 44 uh, an hour and almost eight minutes on the clock as we conclude uh and the in the golden hour of the 27th floor 26th floor of the De- right. of De- deloitte hq melbourne i'd still be working anyway right yeah <laughs> oh, he's on the clock don't, don't worry about it um thank you thank you so much to for resic for subbing in uh at, at, a, at a moment's notice uh great to have you on happy to help and yeah, as always, uh, follow, if you like what you hear, follow us on the Spotify or Google Podcasts and uh, the 40-yard switch, obviously, and follow us on our Instagram at 40yardswitch.pod. Uh, yeah, tune in next week for, uh, will we will he be back? Will he be back? I guess we'll find out. Coming for your spot, Wilbur. <laughs> uh, where we'll talk more about uh, the World Cup stuff that's happened this week. Uh, yeah, that's all for now. See you next time.